Hello friends and welcome to episode number 232 of Bad Flips and Maple Dips. It's Patrick here in Halifax. He's Justin in Saskatoon. Nice little break for us. Here we are on the precipice of a new season, Justin. This is one of my favorite episodes to record because it's all about spicy predictions. So we get to say the dumbest shit possible <laughs> with impunity because no one ever calls us out except each other. And if they do, we don't care. Yeah, literally. I don't care what happens. We're not Just doing I... this for you. We're doing it for us. Yeah, <laughs> this is all self-gratification. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm excited. The season, it doesn't feel real. It's not real yet. I don't it's know always, how to it's, it. it's like this every year, right? It's like you're, it's, it's so close. Like we're what, four days away now. And four. yet it feels like, it feels like it could be two months away still. It hasn't quite set in. It won't set in until I hear the national anthem sung very poorly. And then, no, that's not true. That's not true. That's not fair. That's not fair. I'm going to back, I'm going to walk that back. I, I love it. When the national anthems are sung before games, I think it's fun. Um, I'm not, I don't know. It's, they're fine. It's, it's totally fine. I'm a terrible singer, so I have no place to say that. So I'm walking that back. I'm excited. As soon as I hear the national anthems and all that shit and, and they go play ball or whatever the umpires do these days, cause it's certainly not calling balls and strikes accurately. Um, then the game starts, so I'm excited. That's right. And we have a lot of we have a lot of news we got to get through, so we're we're gonna do this uh, proper. We've got lots of news updates. We're gonna talk about it. Talk about opening day, who the starter is. We're gonna talk about a certain uh, Nathan, Nathan Pearson hitting a uh, hundred on the gun. We're gonna talk about. Players who were optioned and who's left. We're going to talk about that last uh, slot on the roster Again. and who's got the inside track. We're going to talk about who watches baseball uh, and what team has the most viewership. I'll give you a hint. It's the one that claims ownership over an entire country. And then we're going to get into the spicy predictions. Justin, uh, tell the people where they can find us and then get us into that news for sure yeah obviously on twitter at bfmb podcast websites bfmbpodcast.com and listen wherever you find your podcasts jumping into the news patrick marsh yes yes we've got a few things to cover here the biggest news of course uh from the baseball world was that uh, team japan defeated team usa three to two at the world baseball classic last week and we got to see uh the showdown that everybody wanted. It was Shohei Otani versus Mike Trout. Shohei came in in the ninth inning to close up the game for Japan and struck out Mike Trout on a 3-2 breaking ball to give Japan uh, the World Baseball Classic. And now they've won three uh, in, in the history of the WBC. And we only have to wait three more years because it's back in 2026. But uh, I stayed up to watch the game. And the moment that Mike Trout swung and missed, I went to sleep. It was great. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the tournament. I know there's the whole thing like, oh, it shouldn't happen in March, but I thought it was great. I think uh, there's no perfect time to have this tournament, but uh, I think it definitely showcased kind of the best that baseball has to offer and that it is becoming a global game. We had 
some teams like Italy make the quarterfinals that we didn't expect to be there. And I think, uh, I mean, even, even having Cuba and Mexico making it into the semifinals was awesome too. So I think it was uh, really good for the game globally. And I hope that the tournament continues to kind of gather steam as it goes forward. I'm on board with that. I'll say this. I was one of the people who thought this tournament meant jack shit. And by the end of it, I, I knew I was wrong completely. More people watch this tournament than they than people who watch the playoffs, the MLB playoffs, or the MLB World Series combined for like the last five years. Something like yeah. half of Japan watched. 97% of Japan, Japanese TVs were tuned into the WBC final. Yeah. So 97%. that's, that's going to be like, and Japan is a population of like half a billion. Yeah, so it's, it's large. Yeah, that's pro- it was probably the most watched television show of all time. Um, or television broadcast. Mm-hmm. So just unfathomable uh, what this means for the game. I was, I was absolutely wrong. And um, it was incredible. Uh, what I hope for in 2026 is that Canada has better representation because so many Canadian players who were key to this team's success uh, were injured or opted out. So I'm hoping it's a different story in 2026 because I think this team is better than getting bounced in the group. I mean, granted, it was a very difficult group to get out of. Yeah, They won the games we expected them to win, and they lost the games we expected them to lose. It was tight all the way up until the seventh inning against Mexico, at which point the wheels came off, and that was it. The pitching depth just was not there, and yeah. they made the terrible mistake of having an A-ball pitcher who's like 19 years old start a game against the best lineup uh, possibly constructed by the United States. Yeah, so, I know. we talked about this a bit last episode. So yeah, I'm not going to beat this wanna... one up a little yeah. bit more. I just <laughs> my hope for the future for 2026 is better representation for Canada. I would think Freddie Freeman should still be playing ball in three years, so I think we'll see him again. Yep. Mike Soraka probably won't be injured. Um, there's a lot of other names too you could throw out there who were hurt. I don't think Josh Naylor will be hurt. I mean, I hope not. Jesus Christ. Um, so I think we'll see both Naylors. We'll probably see Mike Soraka. We'll probably see... We could see Cal Quantrill come back again, too. He, he didn't have a good start in the opening game, so nice to see him get another yeah. chance. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He will. He will. Yeah. And, and uh, Tyler, I just think... Tyler O'Neill will still be around. I'm sure Otto Lopez will play again. Yeah. Desan Brown like will see, play. Yeah. I'd like to see a refresh on the coaches. Um, yeah, I don't know if that's an issue, but that's not what we're talking about at this point. No, not at all. <laughs> this I is just, what we're I here to talk s- about today. I, I want to see a younger. I want to see a younger, fresh team with different. Just let Larry Walker manage it. Yeah, yeah, I'd be fine with that. Anyway, let's move Anyhow. on. Yeah, let's get into Jay's camp here. Uh, big news came out over the weekend. Uh, Alec Manoa is going to start opening day. Patrick Marsh. You know, yeah, you, you had predicted, and I had said I thought it'd be Kevin Gosman, but that it didn't really matter because they're both really good at baseball um so yeah alec manoa starts opening day against uh miles Mikolas from the st louis cardinals on the 30th 
He is a good pitcher. Yes. Miles Miklas is he He's... like top ten? Uh, no, but neither is Alec Manoa, in, in my opinion. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. But yes, Miles Miklas is is a good pitcher. Um, wh- I'm guessing Adam Wainwright will probably go the second game for St. Louis against Kevin Gosman. Uh, by the way, Gosman is going to be pitching in a minor league game again uh, today. So that they, they it could have been his start today against the Yankees, but they don't want the Yankees to see him. They're they're playing some 4D chess here, so they're going to start Gosman in a minor league game just to keep him on his regular rest, so that he'll be able to start the uh, second game of the season. Because of course there is that weird uh, Thursday opening day followed by the one off day and then the Saturday Sunday. They do that because it's early in the year, and in case there's bad weather, they want to have uh, the option to just move the Thursday game to the Friday if the weather on Thursday doesn't cooperate. So that is why that happens. But yeah, it's Alec Manoa. It's awesome. The Blue Jays posted a great uh, video of uh, Pete Walker and John Schneider calling Alec into the manager's office to tell him. And uh, it's if you, if you haven't watched that yet, go take a peek. Yeah, can I can I drop some history on you right quick? No, but go ahead. <laughs> uh, Alec Manoa is the eleventh uh, opening day starter that the Jays have had since uh, two thousand and three. So of the last twenty years, Manoa becomes the eleventh. The ones before him: Roy Halladay, Sean Markham, Ricky Romero, Ari Dickey, Drew, Drew Hutchinson. Uh, you remember him? Legendary Drew Hutchinson. By the way, uh, it's, Mark, it's just it's Drew Hutchison. There's no N in his last name. Hutchison. Sorry about that. That's uh, okay. Marcus just, Stroman, Marco Estrada, Jay Happ, Juan Rio, Jose Barrios. Last year, of course, that was a very memorable start. And uh, Alec Manoa. Yeah. Getting the nod. I love it. I'm not surprised at all. I think this is what you do. He. I guess that means he is the ace or, or the number one. He lives for big games, so. Yeah. Um, he certainly will want to bounce back after his performance against uh we're not talking about that and he will he will bounce back he'll have a great start it'll be great the jays will win 13 nothing uh okay all right yeah no i'm very happy about this uh alec manoa is my guy and i'll talk about him a little bit more when we get into spicy predictions. By the way, that uh, opening day game is an earlier start. It's a 4:10 Eastern time start on Thursday afternoon baseball for opening day. So in case anybody's wanting to watch that, of course. Uh, ben Nicholson-Smith, Patrick. Mitch White has right elbow inflammation. He's going to start the year on the IL. Hasn't oh, been, man. Yeah, hasn't been super active this year. Was kind of looked at as a swingman. Obviously, the probably the sixth starter on the depth chart at this point. Kikuchi's strong spring. But what that means is because Mitch White had no options, the Jays were either going to have to put him on the roster or DFA him. But now because he'll start on the IL, uh, Zach Pop will make the team as the final reliever. Yay. Good Canadian kid with the power sinker. I mean, if you've got a 96.5-mile-an-hour sinker, that's a good guy to have in your bullpen. Ground ball machine. He's been getting a few more strikeouts this spring than he had good. Uh, in the past. So we like that. With a guy who has that, that power sinker, you'd hope that he could get some swing and miss on it. So hopefully he can be a solid addition to that middle relief core. Um of course, with Zach Pop making the team, Patrick, it means that Nate Pearson will not make the team. He was actually uh, optioned down to minor league camp uh, just uh, the other day here, and uh, he's having a strong spring, of course. 
But along with Trent Thornton, who's been kind of up and down with the Blue Jays the last couple of years, both of those two guys will start as bullpen depth in Buffalo. And we'll, whoever's kind of performing better at the time of any needs will probably be the guy who gets called up. But uh, Nate Pearson was back to himself, touching 100 on the gun all spring, blowing people away at the big fastball. He threw an inning and a third in a game the other day and struck out all four. All four of the outs were recorded via strikeout. So uh, hopefully he can go down to Buffalo and be consistent because having a big swing and miss arm in the bullpen would be an excellent addition at some point during the season. Yeah, with regards to uh, Mitch White, it's elbow inflammation and the hope uh, I think everybody has is that it's not something that is going to be too... Yes. serious yeah. and that he will come back sooner than later because he's a guy that you you like to have in reserve uh, yeah. when you know someone gets injured unfortunately this time around he's the one who's injured so what do you do really um, this is the right move bring up Zach Pop uh, I'd like to see Nate Pearson log a crazy amount of innings in AAA I think he will get called up at least once this season. I don't yeah. see Nate Pearson hanging out in Buffalo. I hope uh, they. All year long. I hope they use him as a multi-inning guy just to see if they yeah. can get maybe six, seven outs out of him. You know, if he could even get you one time through the order. Yeah. That would be huge for days when uh, your starter maybe doesn't get out of the fifth inning or makes it doesn't have a good game. Just to have a guy who can give you even just six outs would be great it's a nice little bridge and also of course just having the 100 mile an hour fastball helps and you need a big strikeout he could be a guy you bring in but he's got to have that command which in the past has uh been a struggle of his but uh, hopefully he can sort that out in buffalo and, and be a valuable contributor at some point this year um, speaking of valuable contributions auto lopez Vinny capra and nathan lucas are the guys who are still in camp battling it out for that last bench spot uh, Otto, obviously, Otto Lopez and Nathan Lucas are both on the 40-man, so they have the inside track there. Um, Vinny Capra has had a great spring. He's been in the organization a long time, was on the 40-man last year, but was DFA at the end of the season and then re-signed on a minor league deal. Uh, all like Lopez and Capra are both utility guys. Lucas is obviously an outfielder. Lopez is having a great spring, had a really good WBC for Canada. If he doesn't get this spot at this point, something would have to happen to him, I think, for that to happen. Is that how you feel? Yeah, that's how yeah. I felt basically <laughs> since Yeah, no, it's November. Like I yeah. mean it it it's time, right? It's yeah. time for him to have that opportunity. I see him coming off the bench oh, yeah. uh, as a late inning replacement frequently, kind of similarly to Bradley Zimmer. The difference is I think Otto Lopez will probably hit uh, better than a hundred. <laughs> you would think a guy who's had a pretty good minor league track record would. I mean, he hit what he hit two ninety seven in Buffalo last year. Yeah, fourteen stolen bases. This is, this is, this is his opportunity. Unfortunately yeah. for Nathan Lucas, I, I I think this is probably the end of the road with the organization. I I, I think that he should elect free agency rather than take a demotion. That could be uh, what happens. Yeah. Because he's out of options, right? No, he still has options left because he doesn't have any service time. Oh. Um, so I guess he doesn't have the choice then. Or yeah. can he elect free agency? 
technically, I think he still could. And, and the Blue Jays might even grant him his release if he asks for it. Um, just because he's good, he's good enough to play in MLB. Right yes, now. that's the thing is I I do think at this point in his career, I mean he's he's twenty eight. Um, he'll be twenty nine in July, and I mean he's had two good years back to back back to back now in AAA, one with Tampa and one with us. So yeah, it would be nice to see him get a shot. We I want to root for him. Um, except when he plays against the Blue Jays, but yeah, I mean I would love to see him at some point with the Jays this year. I think he deserves that shot, like you said, and. Hopefully he'll he'll get it somewhere. So, but yeah, it's unfortunately for him he he's had a he's had a good spring, but Otto Lopez has had an amazing spring and did really well at the WBC. So, um, he's a bit more valuable at this point in terms of the utility aspect. But yeah, that's that's that. <laughs> um, let's move on because I feel like we've beaten that one. Yeah, uh, up quite a bit. This is some news that dropped that I wanted to bring up uh, that I thought was interesting. I I don't I'm not interested in speculating uh, much about the reasoning, but Pat, uh, Pat Tabler, longtime Toronto Blue Jays broadcaster, uh, has actually joined the Cleveland Guardians broadcast team for 2023. He's not going to be there for every game, but uh, this is a team that Tabler played for for many years. I think it was uh, six seasons or parts of six seasons. So I'm very happy for him. Um, don't know what happened uh, where uh, he wasn't able to continue on with the Jays, but uh, I'm not going to speculate. The only thing I care about is good commentary, getting the opportunity to do their thing. And I think Pat Tabler is a great asset for the Guardians and uh, good for him. I was really happy to see that he's still getting the opportunity somewhere. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm definitely happy to see Tabby uh, get another gig, and we're wishing the best. Obviously, big part of uh, our our lives every summer for the past hard many years. So it's good to see him uh, get another gig. Yeah, Keegan absolutely. Matheson, Patrick Marsh. So we already talked about some of these things, but uh, along with Nate Pearson and and Trent Thornton being. Uh, reassigned or optioned uh, Thomas Hatch and relief pitcher uh, or right-handed pitcher Zach Thompson, who the Jays had signed to a minor league deal, were also optioned down to AAA. And the team reassigned Luke Bard, Stevie Berman, catcher Rob Brantley, Junior Fernandez, Bowden Francis, and pitcher Matt Peacock to minor league camp as well. These are all guys who had been uh, still at the, the big league club. Additionally, uh, Jay Jackson, who they had signed to a minor league deal, he actually had a pretty good spring. He was throws about 96 mile hours on the fastball. He's a right handed pitcher. He was granted his release and is now a free agent. He had been a guy who was in the conversation for the final bullpen slot, but unfortunately for him, he just got outpitched by Zach Pop and Nate Pearson was still above him too, but uh, he's no longer in the organization. So no big surprises here. Only one of these guys hits 100 on the gun, and <laughs> I think he's going to be the guy that has the yep. inside track to be uh, called up. So For sure. That is... That's that. Fine. Yeah, that's fine. Butters back down in Buffalo. He's probably very familiar with uh, his situation or his circumstance mm-hmm. at this point. Uh, I didn't even know Thomas Hatch still had options. I yep. thought I think this is last year of options. Given how often we talk about we've talked about Thomas Hatch uh, since we started this podcast, I would have <laughs> sworn he was in his late thirties. Yeah. But uh, no, 
He's not. Uh, he's just. This is, uh, yeah, this is his last option year. So. Yep, and uh, you know, he, he, anyway. I think last year he rocked that solid uh, five ERA in uh, Buffalo or something. He like sure that. did a four sixty seven. Yeah. Yeah, rock solid there. So uh, and then he had a nineteen point two nine and four and two thirds big beginnings last year. So we love that. Hey, <laughs> smaller anyway, number is better. Uh, it's let's like golf. <laughs> yeah, let's let's talk about big numbers, Patrick. Uh, regular season average viewership. Some numbers <laughs> released. Um, I'll tell you who the second and third place teams are: the New York Yankees and the New York Mets. Um. Uh, the Philadelphia Phillies, the Dodgers, and the Houston Astros all have relatively good numbers, too. The Yankees are just below the 250,000 average viewership on regular season. Now, I don't really know where these numbers are pulled from, so it's just a chart that was on Reddit. And those teams are just below 250,000, the Yankees are. The team that's in first is the Toronto Blue Jays. And their average viewership is uh, somewhere around the 900,000 mark per game. So, like, over triple of the Yankees and the Mets, <laughs> which is pretty wild. I mean, you could even it even looks like it's about quadruple what the Mets is because they're right around the 200,000 mark. Um, and, I mean, with a country of, what, 34, 35 million people? Closer so, to 36 now. Yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty big percentage of, of, the, of the country watches it. And I think the thing that's most impressive for me is that for the Yankees, the Mets, most of their viewership would be within that Eastern time zone. The Blue Jays, this country has like five different time zones from Pacific all the way to Atlantic. And you know that there's people from all five time zones watching uh, these these baseball games, which is pretty cool. I mean, it's it's not like everyone's watching it at 7 p.m. every night. Like you, games for you start later in the evening and people on the West Coast, they start like four or three o'clock some days, you know, so. It's pretty cool. You're you're right, but I I can't help myself, Justin. I have to correct you. This country has six time zones. Don't forget about our our friends out there in Newfoundland who rock oh, Newfoundland, yeah, standard Newfoundland standard time. Standard time, yeah. Can't forget about them. <laughs> They're a half an hour ahead of me. Yeah, that's and, right. And um, can we just say like this is this none of this is surprising to me. No. Except for the fact that other teams have what I thought. Like, these numbers look not good to me. Like, the Jays, uh, a million, yeah, makes sense. So I, I didn't see this post. How like, is, where's this how is baseball from? more popular than hockey? Do, yeah. Doesn't hockey get more than this? I, I don't know. Like, that's why I'm asking, like, do you know, do you have any more info on these numbers? I didn't see this post because I was out of the country no, when it man. was posted. So I'm not really sure how much. I don't can... know. I don't know much more <laughs> except to say like it's none of this is surprising except the the actual numbers right like it makes sense to me that toronto would be quadruple because the jays there's there's nothing else there's no other team in canada so it stands to reason that toronto would be the most popular team in canada so right. that's just that's logic um, but the fact that they're like five, four or five times, uh, the viewership of like the Yankees, Jesus Christ, that's wild to me. Is doesn't, isn't the New York, like the, the greater tri-state area, like population, like close to like 50 million people. I would say at least Any? that. Yeah. Well, population of California is like 
nearing 60, I believe. Yeah, and the Oakland Athletics have the lowest well, viewership I mean, according to this chart, which is... We know that. Well, I get it. Cause <laughs> I get it because they're shit. But, like, the Dodgers uh, and the Angels, are they're not as high as I, ex- I thought they were going to be. San Diego, not really. San Francisco, middle of the pack. I don't get it. I don't understand. I mean, you know what? I'm lying. I do understand why. And part of the problem all of these teams, except for the Jays face, is that there are regional blackouts everywhere, all over the place. And there are these sports, these specific sports nets, kind of like sports net, that hold monopolies over broadcasting Uh, rights, which drastically reduces the reach that being said you still have to pay for either sportsnet now or have basic cable that includes a sportsnet package in order to be able to watch the jays there's no they don't appear on ctv they don't appear on global they don't appear on cbc so there's no like quote free way or, or cheap way to watch them you have to actually have cable and it's the same with all these other teams the difference is there are aggressive regional blackouts right. and the amount of money that all of these cities have to pay in order to watch their team is ridiculous compared to what the jays are that's that fair, part yeah. i that part i do know i don't have specific numbers. no that's that 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 does help to quantify these numbers a bit because yeah, yeah like anywhere in canada as long as you have a either a cable package or sports that now you can watch the blue jays and you can watch them anywhere in the world if you have sports that now so exactly and but we do know that when it came to playoff games or like the the big games the jays have played over the last uh 10 years or so whatever it is uh the viewership would spike to like between five and ten million in yeah. canada yeah it was, it was like a third of the country was watching it so <laughs> Baseball is popular in Canada, very popular. It's and just accessible. not played. It, yeah, and accessible. It's just not played as much. Yeah. Uh, because of hockey and the growing, uh, behemoth that is uh, soccer. Fair enough. Yeah. No, that's that's good. That that helps to quantify this. All right. Enough. Not enough talk. Let's get into some predictions here, Patrick. Here we go. I, I'd love to do before we get into like some Blue Jays specifics. I'd love to chat a bit about the other teams in the division. I think it's important to kind of look at our, our competition a little bit. So yeah. let's start with the New York Yankees. I have their depth chart pulled up on, on fan graphs right now. Yep. I'm, I'm kind of looking at their opening day roster yep. and going down here, seeing they have a lot of right-handed bats in their lineup too. I mean, Anthony Rizzo and Aaron Hicks being a switch hitter are the only two non-righties who are projected to be in their starting lineup. And we've often talked about the Blue Jays being right-handed heavy, and it seems that the Yankees are really in the same boat. And, I mean, if you look at the ages of a lot of these players, in their starting lineup against right-handed pitchers, the only guy who's projected to be in there that's below 25 is their top prospect, uh, Anthony Volpe. Who was a non-roster invite. Yeah, and he's he, he looks like he might make the team out of spring training, but even <laughs> on their bench, they've only got Oswaldo Cabrera, who's below 25. So this is a... An older team, Patrick, which kind of surprises me, and I mean, it makes me think, hey, like they're we, we know that John Carlos Stanton's had injury issues. We know that Anthony Rizzo's back likes to flare up, and uh, Josh Donaldson's had some issues the past couple of years. Aaron Hicks has had issues. Like, 
this isn't the most healthy group of players you could ever have and that doesn't even factor in their starting rotation we we do know that Garrett Cole and Nestor Cortez are healthy to start the season but Carlos Rodon won't pitch until at least May uh, Frankie Montes might not pitch at all this year and Luis Severino's got a, a lat issue now too and the, the, the last time that he had a lat issue he didn't pitch at all in the regular season because it kept flaring up on him and he's not he's he's shut down he we're not they're not sure when he'll come back so I mean it's 40 percent of the rotation is healthy being their ace Garrett Cole and a guy who was very good last year in Cortez so there's definitely some question marks here like <laughs> I think for me though obviously the strength of the Yankees is they they do have some really good bats like they still have Aaron Judge Stanton when healthy can mash Glaber Torres when he's healthy hits he'll hit 20 25 home runs like they do have the American League MVP on their side from last year. He's going to play center field this year by the sounds of it, except they're, they're really, they've been letting Stanton play right field again, which is risky. And then obviously having Garrett Cole is, is a strength too, but I, th- and I think their bullpen is still good. But for me, the weakness is just their, their depth. They don't have a lot of it. Man, if this was 2016, uh, this team would be fuck. This would be fire. This team would be straight fire, oh, but it's not. Yeah. It's 2023. <laughs> DJ LeMahieu, 34. Uh, Anthony Rizzo, going to be 34. Giancarlo Starton, going to be 34. Josh Donaldson, 37. Aaron Hicks, going to be 34. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Higgy, uh, I'm so sorry. Higashioka. Higashioka <laughs> is going to be 33. But he's a I'm really Blue Jays sorry killer, about though. that. He hits like 12 he home runs against the Blue Jays every year. It's that's nice. why I wanted to bring him up yeah. <laughs> uh, as the backup catcher, but he's also 33. They're yep. going to be 33. Uh, and then with all the injuries to their starting rotation, like they're, they are counting on this team to be healthy yeah. the entire season. This is one of the most experienced teams in the league, and they are made out of winners. LeMahieu, Judge, Rizzo, Stanton, uh, Donaldson. The, these guys, these are players who have been around for a long time. They know how to win baseball games. Some of them know how to win championships. Yeah. Not in New York, but they've (laughs) won elsewhere. Um, The fact that they are starting the season with, uh, well, Luis Gill is still getting over the Tommy John from May last year. Frankie Montas hurt. Who knows? Carlos Rodon, uh, their big acquisition, strained forearm. It's hard to say when is he going to be back. Probably yeah. May. They're projecting the... early to mid-May for him. I believe uh, Luis... he's throwing on flat ground again, but he's only throwing like 15 pitches with not maximum effort. So Yeah, Luis Severino last week with a strained lat. That could take two, three weeks. It's impossible to tell Yeah. Uh, what's going to happen with him. And he's been injured uh, what feels like a billion times. He's yeah. more in, it feels like he's been more injured than not. The strength of this team is the experience on the on-field players and their For hitters. Sure. Their weakness, in my opinion, is that they're old, that they're slow, they're slower, there's no speed on this team, really, uh, and they're injury-prone. Yeah. This team could fall apart like a, a house of cards before June. Yeah, they're going to be asking a lot of Aaron Judge again this year. 
He's gonna have to hit. He's gonna have to repeat last yeah, year, especially hitting or especially playing in center field as well too. He's gonna be out there most days. They they were, they were expecting Harrison Bader to be their center fielder, but he's hurt to start the year. Yeah, that's uh, another problem that they have too. Yeah. I think the the bright spot for them is Anthony Volpe. That we finally get a chance to see what this kid is made of. Yep. Uh, he's. I don't know if he's really projected to do too much i mean he is going to be 22 during the season um you know i don't know it that's asking a lot of uh of a young player like that uh but that being said he's been a highly touted prospect since he was acquired four years ago uh the yankees have been clamoring about him the entire time uh but uh, you know he's no bobachette but we'll see yeah, he's, um, he's he's a very good young player, and yeah, I, I think he, you got he, Rizzo, he could be a, a lefty, yeah. Aaron Hicks, a switch hitter. Yeah, Willie Calhoun maybe makes this team, and then Oswaldo Cabrera is a switch hitter. The rest are all righties. Yeah. So what are you gonna do when you face a lefty? I don't know. Yeah, and I mean, I if you look at kind of like the projections, Aaron Judge at two seventy nine is their highest projected batting average. Everyone else is, for the most part, I mean, you've got Deidre LeMayhew around 275. You've got uh, Glaber at 260. Everyone else is below 250. Like, there's not a lot of – there's a lot of good on-base skills on this team because a lot of these guys, like, like you said, they're, they're older. They have the experience. They know how to draw a walk. But the the power is declining as you go down Don't the order. Don't ask him to run. Yeah. yeah, don't ask him to run a lot. Like, I mean, yeah, it's – yeah, you know, John Carlos Stanton's not stealing any bases. <laughs> You know, Josh Donaldson's not stealing any bases. Like it's, it's definitely a it's it's a very one dimensional team. They're gonna they're gonna hope to win by power, and their bullpen again looks like it'll still be solid. But, um, yeah, the starting rotation has a lot of question marks. If anything were to happen, like obviously Cortez had the hamstring issue in the spring. It's that's beyond him now. He's been pitching again. But if anything were to happen to him or to Garrett Cole, and they had to miss say even just a month's worth of starts, like four or five starts. That could that could be a lot. Like the the Yankees, sorry for the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays need to take advantage of this at the beginning of the season. They need to get off to that hot start and try and get ahead of New York while New York isn't healthy. Let's talk about another problem they have. Look at their bullpen construction. They've got yeah. Clay Holmes. Good for them. Yeah. They've got Michael King. After that, it's it's a steep drop off. It is. Yeah. And and like the Blue Jays, only one lefty in Wandy Peralta. So. Um, that's definitely a team that has a lot of question marks and I'm we kind of talked about this before the show we're not really sure how so many projection sites have them winning the division or even like winning a close to 100 games again because of this this uncertainty health-wise anyway there a lot of these uh these relievers who are outside the top 100 in in projection rankings are they're gonna have to over uh, overperform because there's nobody to, to throw a uh, uh, starting pitch except for Colin Cortez. They're gonna have to lean on. Yeah. Clark, who's Clark Schmidt? <laughs> he's he, he pitched for them last year. He did pretty Domingo well. Domingo Her, uh, Herman or German? I think it's Herman. Herman. Yeah. Matt Crook. Who's Matt? Who's Matt <laughs> Crook? Who are these guys? It's I mean, holy Christ! That's they're asking a lot of these guys. And uh, it's not easy when you're hurt in spring training. 
all these guys, like, I don't know what's going to happen with Montas. Let's just assume Rodon and Severino are the ones that are closest to coming back. For sure. How are they supposed to make up for the, like, three, four weeks they're going to miss gearing up for the season? I, I don't know how you do it. Right? Yeah, it's tough. Carlos, Carlos Rodon's already been hurt for three weeks. He's missed three weeks of spring training. Yep. He probably can't throw... Uh, like 50 pitches because you have to stop otherwise you just strain your forearm more so i don't know whether or not he's doing soft toss or long toss or anything like that at this point but this is this is not a good bullpen this is the at, at best the third best bullpen in the division uh and that's not going to win you a lot of baseball games and looking at this lineup there's a lot of a lot of old heads on this team. They're either going to have to hit uh, like a record number of home runs, or they're they're going to fall off. Yeah, it's um, crazy. Let's talk about Tampa Bay. In my I opinion, love the Rays. these guys might be the true threat in the division. They're a team who always just no matter no matter who they have on their roster. They're so they frustrating. Find a way. <laughs> they're so unbelievably frustrating to play um, because they're fast. Yeah. They're good contact hitters. There is a little bit of power there. Oh yeah, there can be. The biggest um, the biggest issues for them uh, some injuries right now too. Tyler Glasnow's had a strained oblique. He did that at the end of February. Won't yeah, play for opening day. Shane Vaz, of course, had Tommy John at the end of the season last year, so he likely won't pitch at all this year. That's but they still ideal. have Shane McClanahan, who was tremendous last year. Jeffrey Springs was very good and is getting better every day. Drew Rasmussen, Drew Rasmussen. pitches well against the Blue Jays. Yep. And then they brought in Zach uh, Eflin as a free agent signing from Philly. And Josh Fleming as well, who's uh, another homegrown player from them. But three of their, uh, two, their top two starters in McClanahan and Springs are both really tough lefties. Springs, of course, has a really good changeup. We saw it against the Blue Jays a few times last year. Uh, offensively, Patrick, you, you're, they're led by Rosarena and, and Brandon Lau. They do have Wander Franco, of course. He's had some issues staying healthy his first couple seasons in the big leagues, but of course the potential is still there. He could still hit close to 300 and have decent pop at that shortstop position. Switch Don't hitter. Yandy Diaz. Yandy Diaz, Diaz yeah. He'll bat for average. You've got Harold Ramirez, former Blue Jays uh, farmhand. Uh, in there, Manuel Margot is always pretty solid, um, and and they have a lot of flexibility. They've got a few a few switch hitters on their roster, uh, decent like three four lefties that they're going to have around, and they have a of course it's the race. So you know they have a deep farm system, and their bullpen guys all have very high strikeout potential. Really, their their only uh, bullpen guy who is not really known for striking out people that pitches regularly is Ryan Thompson, and he's like kind of a ground ball machine for them. Um, it's incredible yeah. how every year the Rays money ball their way into having a <laughs> roster that you look at them. There's no aside from Rosarena and maybe Yandy Diaz. You'd have to spend a lot of time making that argument. There's no stars. Well, I would, I would still They're put bench, Bronco in that category, but there's no stars. He's yeah. not projected to be a star. He's not projected to be in the top 150 for power ranks. That's from last year. But no, it's twenty twenty three predict projections. The power rank is not. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I just I, there's no there's still no stars like aside from Rosarena. 
And uh, if sure, if you want to make the argument about Wander Franco, let's see what he does. I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah. Maybe Yandy Diaz, but as far as their hitting, their hitting has always been like their lineups always been unimpressive. But they still find ways to score runs. They're able to string hits together, it, right? There's it, not a lot of They can of string hits together, and lineup. they got speed. They got yeah. speed. They got guys who are going to steal 20-plus bases. And this was a problem the Jays ran into for many years. They had a bunch of guys who could hit home runs, but when it came to running the base paths, nah. That wasn't <laughs> the strategy. This team is all about small ball. It's not about crushing home runs. Yeah. Chicks dig the long ball, all that shit. This this entire lineup is built around getting on base and Randy Rosarena, you know, getting extra base hits, and then guys down the lineup, Brandon Lau, Helder Mayes, keeping the keeping it going. And that's what I hate about them because that's how you win playoff games is small ball. Yeah. And then you look at their rotation. I think this is the best rotation in the division. Uh, no disrespect to the Blue Jays, because it's it's so well balanced. When Glasnow is healthy, I would agree with that. When yeah, well yes, yes. Um, you right now uh, as they are constructed, they've got three lefties and two righties. Of course, if uh, Tyler Glasnow was not injured, he would be the third righty. So it mm-hmm. would go two lefties, three righties. I love that. They're not as experienced. A, uh, a starting rotation as the Yankees. However, they it they find ways. Uh, Rasmussen, I think, is very, very underrated. Uh, watching him stymie the Jays a number of times over the last uh, season or two uh, has been annoying as hell. Um, but I, 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 I like this team. Their bullpen is so strong. Yeah. Pete Fairbanks, Jason Adam... Colin Posh. There's lots of guys who just, I don't know. I don't know how to say it. And they have, uh, they've got, they've got good, decent starting depth in AAA. They've got Luis Patino, who we saw last year. Yeah. Trinos, who has big league experience as well. Taj Bradley, who's been working his way up their system as well, too. Uh, and they have guys, even in, in position plays, uh, shortstop, utility man, Vidal Brujan, who steals like 40 plus bases every year in the minors. He's he got into some minor, some big league games last year. They've they've got a few other guys who are knocking on the door. Uh, this team is the Tampa biggest threat. I this think team so. is, is the biggest threat to the Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah, and unlike the Yankees, I mean, you look at you look down their lineup, and there's only a couple of guys, uh, Christian Bethencourt and Yandy Diaz, who are over the age of thirty in the projected starting lineup. It's it's a younger team than the Yankees by far. So. That's uh, something to watch out for. And Jeffrey Springs is their oldest starting pitcher, and he just turned thirty like a few months ago. So <laughs> he's also he's also really frustrating. To hit very against. very frustrating. Yeah, a lefty that could change, but that's that's Tampa. I mean, they're always frustrating. <laughs> they're always tough to deal with, and of course you have to play them at the trot for half your games, and that's a miserable place unless you're Keegan Matheson. They they uh, win by committee. They, they win do. by committee. They just they've got the so approach. much going for them. And they have the best manager in baseball. I I don't even care to have that argument today. I think you're I, I just right, so. I think Kevin Cash is is so far ahead of everybody else. He's playing chess. Everyone else is playing checkers. He's just so smart. He knows yeah. how to get the most out of every single one of these players we've talked about. 
and it's not going to get any any easier. They're just going to get better with experience. Wander Franco's only 22. Yeah. So <laughs> um, get ready for a decade of, of him kicking our ass. Yeah, and speaking of youth, Patrick, the Baltimore Orioles. Now, this is a team who was in the conversation until the last month of the season last year. They've kind of arrived a year early. They won 83 games. Weren't, nobody was expecting them to finish above 500, let alone stick in the wild card race until the final couple weeks of the season. And they're loaded with young talent. We know about Adley Rutschman. We know about Gunnar Henderson. But there's more guys outside of that. They're, they aren't... Uh, th- it looks like Grayson Rodriguez, their top prospect, is going to make the team as their That's fifth incredible. starter. They brought in Kyle Gibson in the offseason. They traded Cole Irvin from, uh, from Oakland. Dean Kramer and Kyle Bradish returned from last year's rotation. It's it's a rotation that's not elite, but depending on what they get from Grayson Rodriguez and from Kyle Gibson, these are these are guys who are capable of delivering quality starts. They're not guys who are going to win Cy Young awards. Grayson Rodriguez could be in the AL Rookie of the Year conversation, of course, along with I think Anthony Volpe from the Yankees. But uh, these are guys who are going to be relatively quality, not a ton of strikeout, but will hopefully give Baltimore length. Then, of course, you've got Mullins, Anthony Santander, Blue Jay Killer, Ryan Mountcastle. Um, these are uh, They brought in Adam Frazier as a free agent signing this year who's coming off of a, kind of a rough year with Seattle but still has a lot of experience. And he's their only guy in their starting lineup that's over 30. Kyle Gibson's their only starting pitcher over 30. Everyone else is below 30. It's a very, very youthful team and a lot of homegrown guys. You look down their, their list, Patrick Marsh, Seven of the, or sorry, six of the nine guys in the projected opening day lineup are home drafted, which is pretty cool. <laughs> and I mean, Anthony Santander is a rule five. Jorge Mateo, they picked up off waivers. Their um, rotation is a little bit different. Only one guy is homegrown, and Grayson Rodriguez. But it's it's a team who's that's been built relatively well. They rebuilt it when everyone. It took them a long time, but they're getting there. And yeah, they and they definitely <laughs> they they overperformed last year until they ran out of gas at the end of the year. I think yeah. the pitching really let them down. I think mm-hmm. this lineup is better than the Rays. They've got more power. Uh, they can steal base. They're more effective around the base paths. I just I don't think they are a small ball team, so the contact isn't as good. Yeah, like I just don't think they're going to hit for average as well as the Rays. This team is going to win by, it's almost, I don't know how to say it, sex appeal. Like, they've got sexy <laughs> things going on. Yeah. Uh, they're going to hit a lot of dingers. They're going to steal a lot of bases. Uh, but depending on how, you know, how it goes with runners in scoring position, um, can they hit for average when the chips are down? That's going to be an interesting question. But frustrating as hell to look at this lineup. you got a lot of lefties. you got... Rushman and Santander are switch hitters. Uh, and then you got Big Ryan Mountcastle, the Jays killer. Probably going to hit half his home runs against the Jays this year. <laughs> just yeah. how he is. You got uh, the young gun. I think Gunnar Henderson is maybe. He's tremendous, yeah. I think he is going to be well, m- maybe 
the guy who ends up having the longest, most successful career out of all these younger players. Yeah, and Fangraphs has him as their number one prospect um, overall this going yeah. into the season. He only he he got a cup of coffee in the big leagues last year and started off slow, but really finished strong at the end of the year. And I mean, obviously, we we know what Rutschman can do. So uh, these guys are definitely yeah. led by the youth for sure, which is it's I cool. Was, I would say their biggest weakness is their bullpen is probably fourth best in the division at best. Yeah. They do have Felix Bautista. Uh, they do have Perez. They do have Brian Baker, uh, who they picked up off waivers off of us. Yeah. Uh, they have Keegan Aiken. Um, but, you know, they're not, dealing not with... Not a ton of service time on the, on the, on the entire roster. Don't know what's going on with Michael Givens. He's ha- he's having knee troubles. Uh, who knows what's going on with Dylan Tate? Who knows what's going to happen with uh, John Means? He got Tommy John last a- at the end of it last April, so he could still be three four months away. And it, again, it's already past spring, so it's difficult to build up after spring is over. So they're going to have to rely on that rotation to stay healthy and pitch well because their bullpen isn't going to be there to save them because it's just it's not it's not good enough unless felix bautista throws 120 innings (laughs) and he's not yeah that's that's gonna be the thing for them is uh how do the young kids perform like over a full season yeah um can grayson rodriguez be as good as he has been in the minors and yeah, well, they're gonna get another bullpen, and I think it's gonna be it's gonna come down to their starting pitching needs to kind of just meet expectations. Like if all these guys have an ERA somewhere in like the four to four and a half range, I think they'd be perfectly happy with that. I do think this team has the a good offense. Oh, absolutely! But they need their starting pitchers to keep them in games because their bullpen's gonna have a hard time. I think. I think they're going to, like you mentioned, I think Bautista and like Perez and Baker and even Keegan Aiken are going to be, they're going to get a lot of innings this year. It's weird to see a castaway Brian Baker being a guy that's going to be relied He's important for them. Yeah, he's got strikeout ability, and I mean, he gets a fair amount of ground balls, and it's, it's, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how how they finish. Um, Last team in the division that we'll chat about before we get into the Blue Jays well, stuff, Patrick. Oh, you have any, anything else here? I just want to conclude one last thing with the Orioles. Uh, their fan graph projection is to go 83 and 79. I think their ceiling and their floor is the closest in the entire division. I think their floor is mid-70s wins, and their ceiling is probably... I, I think 83 is generous. But this team, maybe they surprise it. Maybe they make an acquisition for a starting pitcher uh, at some point. Maybe they they dig into the prospect pool and they go out and around the deadline. Maybe they're competing. Maybe they do. Yeah. But it's, I mean, like they, they're a lot is resting on Grayson Rodriguez, and that's a lot for a mm-hmm. a rookie. I don't know. Like, there's there Alec Manoa is like one of a kind. I don't know if you can have a guy you know, bust out like that and carry a team the way that, that Manoa has. I don't know that I don't know enough about Grayson Rodriguez to say he's that guy, but you need that guy in order to yeah, I'll tell you get into the playoffs. He's very good. I think he's gonna be fun to watch. For sure. Uh 
especially when he's not pitching against the Blue Jays. <laughs> I'd say yeah. the floor, the absolute floor for the Orioles is like 70 wins, and the ceiling is going to be like mid 80s, and it might it might be sexy, it might be interesting. Yeah, I think they're a more be. exciting team to watch than the Rays or the Yankees, but I don't know. Yeah, we'll it's, it hurts me to say that a little bit, but yeah, <laughs> moving on to Boston, this team. <laughs> I don't know what to say about it. Like they they made some good pickups. Like they got they signed Yoshida, but we don't know what he's going to do because it's going to be his first season in North America. He had a relatively good uh, WBC for Japan. Uh, they signed Justin Turner to a free agent contract, but he's thirty eight now. Um, they brought in Adam Duvall. He's thirty. He's almost thirty five now. And then they have like Reese McGuire. Looks like he's going to be their starting their starting catcher. Um, their their bench they've got Raimel Tapia who is a non roster invite, Jorge Alfaro who is a non roster invite, Bobby Dalbeck and Rob Refschneider. So, and there's not it's another team that's that's pretty old. I mean they've got a bunch of guys in, that are in their mid mid to late thirties on this roster. You look at Corey Kluber and Chris Sale in the rotation. Uh, Tanner Houck looks like he's going to be full-time starting for them this year cutter crawford of course nick pavetta's there but their bullpen yeah. is interesting they brought in kenley jansen he's got big time experience of course with the dodgers and the braves last year but the rest of this bullpen for me is it's not super sexy you know like, don't forget john schreiber yeah yeah but i mean josh winkowski not great zach kelly not great like there's a lot of guys in here who you're not excited about Caleb Ort? <laughs> not really. And a lot of these guys don't have... If you if you go back and look at, say, Tampa's bullpen, they don't have the strikeout ability that Tampa Bay has. Um, and, like, Trevor's story had elbow surgery. It's likely that he might miss the full season. Yeah. Which sucks for them. They're um, dealing with a lot of injuries, though, right yeah, now. I mean, Similarly to the Yankees, Brian Bello, James Paxton. Garrett Whitlock's big, big, had hip surgery in September, uh, and he's not due back for a little bit yet. So, uh, Wyatt Mills with the yeah. elbow inflammation two weeks ago. Uh, Joel Rodriguez has a strained oblique. Mm-hmm. This so is shit. They've like, got some issues. And we know that Chris Sale has pitched like 25 innings in the last two and a half years. So yeah, he's always a question mark at this point at 34 years old. Still elite when he's healthy, if he can get back to anywhere close to where he was. I mean, the projections still like him for this year, but they've only got him pitching 104 innings projected. Uh, your man, Corey Kluber's <laughs> your ace. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, that's... He's good. Like he, I mean, he's a crafty veteran. But he's, but yeah, he's, he's not, thirty-seven. He's not blowing anybody away anymore. And, he's not I mean, Corey Kluber of of six years. He's ago. not Cleveland Indians Corey Kluber from back in the day. You know. Yeah. The, well, okay. <laughs> so here's here's what I'm, what I like about this team. Uh, Alex Verdugo, Raphael Devers. That's they're a killer combo. Yeah, Devers is great. After that, oof. Yoshida's interesting. I mean, we don't know. Well, what he's yeah, do. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give credit to He's, Yoshida, but he was that, he was elite in in Japan. So I mean, if he comes over and he say he's like Hideki Matsui even and has like those kind of numbers that Matsui was able to put up, he's, he's not going to be he's not going to be Ichiro. He's not going to be Otani, but yeah, they're, he's they're projected to hit around three hundred. Yeah, they're asking a lot of Adam Duvall and they're asking a lot out of Justin Turner. This yep. this I I see this Red Sox team as like this is the team. 
putting a, a half-hearted effort forward as far as like let's see what we can do yeah uh, with what we the players that we have i They're... don't I, I i just don't see i i don't even see this team winning 75 games if i'm being honest it's I tough just... i mean it, it's it's going to depend on what they get from sale um they and... need they need at least 150 yeah i mean cuz if you look at you look at their current rotation Nick Pavetta, 160 projected innings. Kluber and Sale in the 140s. Like there's, then the other two guys are both projected below 100 innings because they oh. anticipate. <laughs> I think they anticipate um, Whitlock getting back at some point, kind of mid-season and taking over that. Big Maple too. That Big role. Maple's yeah, Paxton's. Who, you can't even expect anything from him at this point, unfortunately. But they they they've got they they've got some guys on this team who are capable, like you said. But at the same time, it's it's an organization who doesn't have a ton of starting pitching depth in their minor league system. Um, so there's not really anybody you can even count on to come up and steal a spot. Yeah. But there's still a team who, when healthy, or they're capable of doing some some damage. I mean, they're. They don't have any. They really don't have any speed. The top projection for stolen bases is Rafael Devers with five for this season. So they're not going to steal any bases. They're going to hit their way on um, <laughs> and hit their way around the bases. They they are a team who I think everybody in there, maybe outside of Reese McGuire, could hit ten to fifteen home runs. But they're not a team. They don't have outside of Devers. They don't have a big star. Yeah, they used a lot of their resources to be successful in the 2010s, and now they're reaping the, the fallout of that. Now, they did go on a, a cute little run in 2021 where they won the wild card off the Yankees, which made us all extremely happy. Um, and they, they did beat the Rays, which was great, and then they got thumped by the Astros, but that this is not even the same team that won the playoff games in 2021. This is a team that saw rapid decline last year because Chris Sale was not available due to injury. I, I just, I don't see anything here. Nothing is telling me that this team is prepared to go back to the playoffs. Uh, it's, it feels to me like it reminds me a lot of the 2017 Toronto Blue Jays were, who were transitioning from being a contending team to a team selling off their resources to get value back so they could start a rebuild, which is yeah. a shame because Alex Verdugo and Raphael Devers are 26 years old, going to be 27 during the season. What do you do with them? I mean, isn't Devers due for a big contract or, or did he, he get he, it? They just signed one with him. Yeah. They got the money. Okay. But I mean, like, I don't know, man. <laughs> There's a lot of question marks on this roster, and I I, I love the idea of bringing crafty veterans, Turner, uh, Adam Duvall, and then if you look at their bullpen, it's all guys in their mid to late thirties. Like I love the craftiness of it, but God, you're asking a lot of thirty thirty uh, six year old Kenley Jansen, who's yeah, you know, been pitching nonstop for. For twelve seasons, like I don't know, man. I just I don't know. I yeah, don't know. I don't either. And I think uh, with with that being said, like 
let's just talk about standings. I don't, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to talk about like win loss totals and records, but order overall, like who's, who's the worst team in this division right now? It's the Red Sox. Agreed. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's pretty clear that they're on paper, of course, the worst team here. Um, the other four though, like for me, I, I view, I view Baltimore as a team who could finish as high as second in this division. If, like the stars kind of align. They could also have sophomore jinx and fin- finish. They could also finish last, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like they're, they're the team that has, I think the most volatility out of anyone in this, in this division right now. Yeah. But they've got a sexy roster. They man. do. It's I, just, it's so crazy. I, I'm going to say Baltimore does finish fourth this year again, mm. just because I don't think they're quite there on the starting pitching side of things to go any higher than that. They'd have to get like elite seasons out of out of Gunnar Henderson and like Kyle Gibson, who just doesn't have that in him. I don't think. Um, I've got I've got Tampa in third, but I think them and the Yankees, as it stands right now with New York's injury issues, I think they're very very similar. I do have the Blue Jays in first. I know that's, oh wow, Blue Jays podcaster puts Blue Jays first, but I do think at this current moment in time. You have to look at it as a from a holistic approach, and having Manoa, Gosman, Chris Bassett, even just those three guys. If even if you we don't really know what Barrios and Kikuchi are going to do this year, like those three guys are better than the Yankees' three top three starters right now because the Yankees only have two starters that are healthy. So I mean, advantage Blue Jays there. I think the Blue Jays bullpen is deeper than it's ever been in like the last 20 years. <laughs> I think it's the best bullpen that's been constructed for the Toronto Blue since, Jays. Since like 93, since, maybe <laughs> I would probably you know? go, well, okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll stop there because I, I think it's better, but yeah. But I mean, so I, I just, I have a hard time understanding how the Yankees are projected to win like close to hundred games again this year, because their roster is just, it just isn't it. Everyone on their roster would have to have like their equivalent of an MVP season, like their best ever personal season, to have them get even close to a hundred wins. It's I think hard they to might win struggle to win ninety. Baseball. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna okay. Here it is. I'm gonna do bottom to top. I think the worst team in the division is the Red Sox. I think they have a lot of things on their team going for them. I know I just ragged on Kenley Jansen, but I also think he is one of the best closers we have seen in the last 20 years. You just wonder how many chances he'll get. (laughs) Yeah. That's the thing is like how many chances, how many opportunities is he going to get? Is he going to get a chance to have 30 saves? Mm -hmm. I don't know. You look at the guys, the only guys ahead of him are guys who are either on the hall of fame ballot, uh, or are going, are in the hall of fame, uh, the last 20 years. So basically his contemporaries who have retired before him, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Kenley, I think, is the best. Uh, it uh, the best closer based off of like their entire career worth of performance that still pitches. I would, I, I think he deserves that because he was just so successful in Los Angeles for so long. Uh, but he's thirty six now, and you know, I, I don't know. This yeah. is a different different division this is not los angeles this is not the nl west 
This is a pitcher. They're all hitter-friendly parks. This is not a pitcher-friendly division. So it could be he could shit the bed. Who knows? I think the Red Sox win at most 75 games. At most. They just the talent's not there. Um I agree. <laughs> Orioles, again, I think their floor is like seventy five to seventy eight. Their ceiling is like eighty two to eighty five. I, I they're gonna be fun and exciting, but I, I, I just I don't think they have what it takes to uh steal a wild card. And they certainly ran out of gas last year in the last month or so so i i see them winning about uh, they'll be i think they'll be like 500 plus or minus three games uh they're the team i think that might have the fewest serious injuries going into the them and the jays might have the fewest serious injury problems uh i think the rays are the biggest threat to the blue jays to win the division because they're built to win by committee. Mm-hmm. Um, their injury problems are not good, but they're, I think they're more likely to have Tyler Glasnow come back uh, sooner than the Yankees will ex- expect to have you know, Carlos Rodon come back. Right. Um, I, I just think for this team, the floor is 500 and the, the ceiling is 94 could be 95 wins they could do it they play small ball they play smart they have the smartest manager they could do it i just think they're very very clever and uh they've got a deep deep farm so if they want to dip into that to make trades to get the players they need to push them over the edge they could do it if they wanted did the rays not make the world series like two years ago three years ago sure did yeah um and then it comes down to the Blue Jays and the Yankees. We've already gone over the Yankee injury problem right now. You cannot tell me going into a season when you have three of your top five starters missing at least the first two weeks of the season. That's not a problem. If the Yankees start off slow, they're going to have to spend the rest of the year chasing the Jays and the Rays. And this is a team that is old and slow. And I would take the Rays over the Yankees 10 out of 10 times. They're faster. They're younger. They got a better bullpen. They've got, I I think their starting rotation right now is better. If the Yankees are fully healthy, different story, but they're not. I don't think the Yankees win 90 games. Especially if they have to wait an extra one to two weeks for their guys to come back, their starters. Aaron Judge can hit 60 home runs again, and this team might not make the playoffs because there's just not enough pitching or their pitching is injured. I think the Yankees right now should be shitting bricks over the start of the season. They should be praying for rain, like snowstorms in March and April to delay games. I really do. Let's talk about our guys, though, Justin. Yes. We both believe that this team is capable of winning the division. We both think that this is the best bullpen this team has crafted in at least 20 years. 
It's certainly better than 2015 and 2016 when they relied on the long ball. Let's talk about lineup construction. What makes you happy about this lineup? Tell me. <laughs> I think uh, the overall depth. I mean, if you just look down the list, right, you <laughs> you can see that like hitters, essentially hitters one through seven at least on most days are capable of hitting anywhere from 15 to 40 home runs. Um, <laughs> you, you've got guys like Kirky and Belt who are projected to be below 20 just because they're not going to get as much playing time as everybody else because of the position that they're they're both in. Obviously, with being a, a catcher and with being a DH, you're not going to get 700 plate appearances. But I think having Matt Chapman as your projected seventh starter or seventh uh, hitter against right-handed pitching and he's projected to get 31 home runs this year is pretty incredible there's not many teams in baseball who would have a number seven hitter hit 30 home runs um <laughs> there's, there's none there's probably none yeah and then, i mean and you've also got then you've got Whit merrifield and kevin kiermaier below who are both projected to be double digits in steals they, there's five uh, there's five guys in the opening day lineup who are projected to steal more than 10 bases this year that's and different. We haven't seen a, team, we haven't a seen Toronto that. team do that for at least 10, 15 years. Yeah, and I, and I think Varsho at 14 is low. I think Bo Bichette at 17 is low. I think Springer's going to steal more than 11, you know? Whit Merrifield at 18 is like, well, did they let's do this one here. of his legs that I don't know of? Like, Bo Bichette, what, how many stolen bases this year, Patrick? Just throw out a number. Bo Bichette? Yeah. What's your prediction? What's your spicy prediction? 25. Okay. I was going to say 23. <laughs> $1, Bob. Uh, with, the, with the changes? Yeah. Uh, and the way that this team is changing its mentality to be more aggressive. I, I Bo Bichette has the possibility of being a 30-30 player. I do not see his uh, stolen bases dipping for a third year in a row or second year in a row. I, I, I think he it's 25. For sure. I think he can do it. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. And yeah, I, I uh, one guy that I'm, I'm so curious about what we're going to get from Dalton Varsho offensively. He had 27 home runs last year playing in Arizona. We, we still don't fully know what the, the new dimensions at Rogers Center are going, how they're, how they're going to impact. We know what they're going to be. We just don't know how they're going to impact home run numbers. But I've seen, I, I know I, I was reading Mitch Bannon on, on Sports Illustrated's uh, prediction thread, and he thinks Varsho is going to hit 35 home runs this year. Jesus, I, I was. I, I'd take the under on that. Yeah, when I was prepping for the episode, I was I was gonna set the over under at thirty because I mean twenty seven last year, he's gonna probably play almost every day for Toronto. I was gonna set our spice projection total at over under of thirty, and, and I was gonna take I was gonna take the slight over on that. Wow. Okay. I think I hit like thirty one or thirty two. I think it's entirely possible. It'd be five more than last year. All right. All right. All right. What do you think on it? You think the under? Dalton Varsho. The projection is that he hits 246 with 29 home runs and 14 stolen bases. Mm -hmm. I think he's capable of more than that, but I also don't think he'll do it. Okay. I'm going to say 15 stolen bases. That's very aggressive. Yeah. Uh, home runs, I'm going to say 25. Okay. Only a little bit under what the projections are. 
And the reason why I'm saying that is that we saw at the start of the year last year, a lot of the big bats, Matt Chapman, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., were getting struck out like crazy on the outside corners. I have just like a feeling that Dalton Varsho is going to get Matt Chapman again. Like okay. <laughs> we're going to see it again where yeah. somebody is going to be the victim of like just not being able to get it going at the start of the year. A lot of this team's success is pinned on the power of Dalton Varsho, especially in like the back four or five of the lineup. Depends on how the lineup's constructed too. Sure. But I don't think Dalton Varsho breaks out quite yet i could be wrong though i think there's an adjustment period and i think after that adjustment period he he shines his second half will be better than his first half okay yeah no that's fair i uh i think that's a a, an accurate prediction now george springer patrick last year he did appear he had 583 plate appearances in 133 games now, looking at the Fangrass projections, they've got him projected for 595. Now, he hasn't cleared 600 since 2018. Yeah. And he did, did that in 140 games. That was seven yeah. more games than he played in last year. Will George Springer play in more than 130 games this year? No. You think he'll play in th- three or more less games than last year? Yes. Why? Because I think he'll need days off. Even so, you you think he'll need he'll he'll need like more than thirty games off. That's a lot. I want to say like I'm two gonna or say three, something. Like three or four a I, month. <laughs> I love George Springer. I fucking love George Springer. I think George Springer is the spark that lights this team's fire in the engine. He's also thirty-four, or going to be thirty-four. And he plays with a level of ferocity that I think makes him more likely to get injured than other players. Okay. We have seen it since we signed him to that deal. Yeah. Well, I'm all aboard. I'm saying he gets over 600 play appearances this year. I'll say he plays I mean, in 100, 143 games. If he does, <laughs> I'm I'm happy as a oh, yeah. pig and shit <laughs> but i don't think he does and i also think what i really want to see from him is exactly what we saw at the plate last year nothing more nothing less a decline in strikeouts walks in and around 10 percent. that i'd be fucking thrilled with that a strikeout percentage his K percentage went from 23 to 17 from 2021 to 2022. If he does that again, I'm thrilled. I'd like to see a little bit more pop in the bat. And defensively, he's not who he used to be. If we got 4.0 F4 out of him, I'm happy. Oh, yeah. I, I think he'll hit 25 bombs at least. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, he, he ain't going to steal... 11 bases though i don't know that's the man if he's gonna if he steals more than 11 bases this team is gonna be on just fucking fire (laughs) they're gonna be it it depends on how they how they play this as far as how aggressive they're gonna be 
Uh, Whit Merrifield, for example, is projected to steal 18 bases. I think he's going to steal double that. I think he's fully oh, healthy for the first time in three seasons or yeah. something like that. And uh, he stole 40 two years ago. I don't know if yeah, that's that seems uh, like a lot, but <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. But if we're gonna give credit to Bo uh, for the change in the base paths, and we're gonna give credit to George, Whit Merrifield is only like six or seven months older than George. Yeah, I, I'm saying if this team is aggressive the way we think on the base paths, I'm taking the over on all their stolen base stats, okay. except for Vladdy. I don't think he's gonna run, and I don't think Kirk is gonna steal any bases either, but. No, that's uh, not what they're there for. I'll make. I'm just gonna throw a bold prediction out. I think Yusei Kikuchi will win American League Player of the Year, or Comeback Player of the Year, this year. No, I'm throwing that out there. I think no. he's going to strike out 160 <laughs> plus batters. Holy shit! And okay. I think he'll start 30 games for the Blue Jays. Wow. I'm going. I'm. I'm. I am. All right. Remember when you used to jump on the Thomas Pannone hype train? I am jumping. I am driving the Yusuke Kikuchi. I am the conductor of this bitch. I am all aboard. That's so crazy because remember, I was the guy who wanted him on this team, <laughs> and now I'm the guy who's like, I am scared. <laughs> you know what, Patrick? Uh, he has a beard now. That's true. And I like that. <laughs> And I think he's going to do incredible things. I think he might end up being like, yeah, he might he might get Cy Young votes. I'll even go that far. Jesus Christ! He won't win chance. it, but he might get Cy Young votes, like no, down he ballot, he like won't. ninth he, or tenth place. These I'm, are both okay. I get it. What you're trying I'm, to do? I'm being spicy. spicy, my dude. Okay, here it is. You say Kikuchi will have a great comeback season. He will be the number five guy that we want him to be. He will be the fifth best starter uh, amongst all starters for the Toronto Blue Jays this season. Okay. Um, he now, is not my comeback player of the year on this team. Fair enough. But I love him. Okay. Now we had uh, sticking to the theme of pitchers. We had a uh, at uh, Tor- Tortoise Farmer on Twitter, longtime listener of the show, replied to my tweet last weekend when I was asking for what people wanted us to talk about this week, and he said. Give predictions on the number of starts, including like the starters six and seven, like the depth on this team. Now, I think just based on history, I mean, we know Burrios has been healthy most of his career. Bassett's been relatively healthy outside of taking the, the line drive to the head a few years ago, which was super scary. That's Manoa's super been scary. healthy. Gosman's been healthy. Kikuchi hasn't really had any injury issues. It's just been baseball issues. But I, I'm I'm willing to say that the top four starters on this team, I think at least three out of the four of them will at will get thirty plus starts. I think the other guy might be like maybe like twenty five if you say one guy misses a month or something with with some sort of issue. But I I think the top four starters will start close to I would say like hundred and ten games between the four between the four of them. So like twenty eight a piece or so. I take the over on that. I think it'll be more. You think as they'll stay healthy all year? Yes, I do. I think they are like this. They're too like guys like Gosman and Bassett are too fucking smart. They're too crafty. OK, 
okay they're veterans yeah they're... but doesn't that doesn't factor out say some bad luck on an injury you know okay, like yeah like taking may... the, the shot yeah the but no, nobody can predict a freak no. injury i mean we, we could get 13 freak injuries yeah in the first it could week. happen <laughs> could happen and then we end up winning 40 games and yeah blow this team up it's not going to happen though I, Alec Manoa is going to throw 200 innings. Kevin Gossman will throw 185 innings. Chris Bassett will be very close to that. Jose Barrios is the comeback player of the year for oh. Major League Baseball. He will pitch 178 innings, and he will win 15 games. He'll have 15 wow. win decisions. He will see uh, a complete resurgence in his game. Uh, he will... Uh, see an, uh, an uptick back on his K's. Uh, his walks aren't really the problem. And I think his home run rate will go from 1.52 last year to, to right back to where it was uh, around 2020. And, you know, the years before. Interesting. 1.1, You're predicting like a like career that. best season for him then? Not career best. He won't top uh, 2019, but uh, well, he only won be... 14 games that year. <laughs> Yeah, uh, but I'm saying, like, you can win 15 games yeah. and still have a shit season. For Go sure. Go look at yeah. Drew Hutchinson 2015. <laughs> You'll see what I'm saying. Oh, my God, yeah. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I, think, I think Jose Barrios will be the comeback player on this team. Okay. He, uh, there's no godly way that he will play as bad as he did last year. Okay. Um, no godly way. And if he does, we deserve to not make the playoffs. No. <laughs> yeah, on, on that note, I mean, we, we've talked about these these five guys. The depth here, so the, the Hatches, the Zach Thompsons, the Casey Lawrences. How many starts from outside these five guys will they get? Let's say over under 20. Over. But over? You're, you're factoring that on Kikuchi, right? Not by much. Thing? I'm not I'm gonna say much. under twenty starts, not from these top five. That's crazy. Okay, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah I could see that. T- it's tight. Like the our range tight. here of numbers is very tight. I I'm really I'm really basing that. Uh, I'm banking on Kikuchi being in the rotation all season and getting up near thirty starts, like the rest of these guys, if they're all healthy. So I'm I'm gonna go under twenty just to be different. <laughs> who's your Who's your guy? Uh, outside of our our, oh, our five starters, this I, is where the problem happens. Well, and remember, there's the there's the Hunjin Ryu of it all. He's targeting a, a, a July return, and that could that be the that be the one guy who could impact Kikuchi. If Kikuchi is really not pl- pitching well at that time, and they decide to give Ryu a run, he's an option. Mitch White will be an option at some point. So I mean, those are those are two guys that I think I think. I think by the time it all shakes out this season, the guys who will get the sixth and seventh most starts will be Hunjin Ryu and Mitch White. That's my prediction. I think if you had to go beyond those two guys, you're 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 hoping that Zach Thompson's pitching well in Buffalo. I don't think Thomas Hatch is really a realistic option anymore. Um, Casey Lawrence could be a guy. I mean, we saw him a couple times last year. And if you're super desperate and you're just looking for starts, I could see Nate Pearson leading bullpen days. He's not going to be a five, six inning guy ever again. He might, like I said earlier in the show, maybe you get three from him at most. But I think if you're just looking at the pure like game start stat, I think 
Pearson would be probably the the eighth guy on my depth chart outside are you, of. Are you ready for a spicy White prediction? Yeah. Outside of the twenty six players who start the season with the Toronto Blue Jays, the pitcher who will pitch the most innings for the Toronto Blue Jays, who's not already on this roster, is Nate Pearson. Oh, I, th- I thought you were going to say Drew Hutchison for a second. No. I was gearing up to just shut the mic off. No, it's Nate Pearson. <laughs> okay. Nate Pearson is not going to languish in Buffalo for very long. All right, I that's that. This is spicy. a different guy. Is a different cat now. He's not. He's not the same guy he was last year. <laughs> Dealing with injuries, or the year before that when he got sick with mono or whatever. Yeah. It was. Um, this is a different. He's a different cat now. He's not. He's not a spring chicken anymore. He's twenty six. Going to be twenty seven. He's been through the absolute fucking ringer more than any other player in our system as far as injuries and freak nonsense happening to ruin his the start to his career. This is it. This is the season where Nate Pearson. Shows us what he's made of, and I think he ends up throwing about 50 to 70 innings for the Jays. Okay, second question from Tortoise Farmer. He says, predict the number of blow-up starts by Brios and Kikuchi. Let's say three innings or less. For each of them or just total? total? Just total. Total? Yeah. Three inning or less starts just from Brios and Kikuchi, two guys who struggled last year. I'm going to say 10. That's exactly the number that I've had in my mind when I first saw that because all these guys, every pitcher has blow-up starts. Yep, everyone's probably going to have one at least. Everybody (laughs) is, the range for for all of them is somewhere between two and seven. Sure. The two players more likely to have blow-ups are Jose Barrios and Yusei Kikuchi. Mm -hmm. Because they struggled so much last year, but I think both of them are completely different. I think they have been working since November to prepare themselves for this season, and I think they're going to come into it sharp as hell, and I think Barrios is going to shock people. And if I'm wrong, well, I've been wrong 100,000 times on this podcast, and uh, I'll be ready to experience that pain again. The answer is 10. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm going with that as well. That was the number. Like we've had about a week to let this marinate, and I I thought that was the number. I'm I'm hoping it's hoping it's no more than ten. <laughs> I think ten is perfectly acceptable. I'll just say that we know no team is going to go 162 and 0, and if you can limit your your bad starts to like ten a year, then you're you're probably winning a lot of games. Um, Over under on Jordan Romano, 35 saves. Under. I was going to ask you this question. I was I was going to phrase it like I don't think we are going to need him. To yeah, well, and I was and I was going to say I, I think there'll be a lot of times where they might not use him on back-to-back days in safe situations because you have the Basses, the Swansons, the Garcias of the world in there as well too. Yeah, and we're not so. giving this bullpen the respect it deserves. Yeah. Uh, the, this is the strongest bullpen in the division. Yeah, as long as there's no injuries. The question I was I was literally going to ask you about the bullpen next too. I was going to say Adam Simber. Last two years he's thrown seventy one and two thirds and seventy and two thirds innings. Over under seventy innings this year. Under. By how much? Ten. Yeah, so you you think that the, the Fangraphs projections think around sixty for him? I'll say over sixty, but there's definitely more under depth. seventy. There's more depth. Yeah, we have Eric Swanson. The now, thing is, is he Simber's kind of like your Swiss Army knife in middle relief. Where That's exactly what he is. They'll bring him in regardless of 
the handedness of the opposing batter, especially if it's near the bottom of the order, and he can come in with runners on, he can come in for a clean inning. I think uh, he'll 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 probably do a lot of mop up in games that are out of hand, like say three Ugly. plus runs. You know, either yeah. way. Yeah. I think him, Richards, and Pop are the guys who are most likely for that. So I I do think that Simber. We'll probably, I think he'll probably get 65 innings this year. He won't be that far off of last year. But, yeah, they're not going to need to use him this year as much because of the fact that they have the full season of Bass and then Eric Swanson as well. So who And a pitches, full season of Zach Pop. Who pitches more innings, Zach Pop or Trevor Richards? Oh, boy. I'm going to say, I'm going to say Trevor Richards. The only caveat being that Zach Pop has options. That's Yeah, you're right. But... I in terms of effectiveness, I would say Zach uh, Trevor Richards is going to strike out more people, but Zach Pop is a ground ball machine, and I would love to see him do well because I think he, he's very talented. So <laughs> now we have another problem that exists within our bullpen right now. We only have one lefty. It's Tim Mazin. He's projected to yep. throw fifty-seven innings yep. according to Fangraphs. Over under. I would say. I'll take the push. I think that's a pretty good estimate. I, I think, think the, we talked about this in our kind of bullpen predictions, but Eric Swanson's a guy who has really good splits against lefties. He does. Zach He's, Pop is the same. Trevor Richards is the same. Yeah. So, Trevor Richards has a... He has I'm a very good changeup that's very effective against lefties. Okay. So All right. I'll just say that. It's his best pitch. He struggles more against righties because they eat up his fastball. But Who will have the best K yeah. per nine on this team? Oh, I'm going to go. Oh, I, I'm going to say Anthony Bass. I think the slider's, the slider's elite. I think I think K per nine, I think it'll be Anthony Bass this year. Among the bullpen? Among the bullpen. Kevin Gosman overall. Yeah, I was going to say overall it's Kevin Gosman. It's the Gooseman. Uh, it is. Man. Bass hasn't been a big strikeout guy, but I, I think uh, I think they're gonna unlock. I think they're gonna unlock it in him this year. He's. I mean, last year was nine point so three. Yeah. I'm gonna predict it's gonna be him. Uh, all right. I'm gonna say the best case per nine amongst the bullpen is gonna be Jordan Romano. I think this year this is Jordan Romano's like real bust out year. I take the over on saves and say that he is he he'll save more than thirty two. Okay. I think he'll save 40. I think he'll actually crack 40, and I think his case per nine will be like 11. Yeah, he's so... He's going to be a buzzsaw. Yeah, last year, just for reference, Romano was 10.27, Richards was 11.53, and Swanson was 11.74 for Seattle. Bass is like only a 9.3, so I'm being pretty spicy there. <laughs> um, who is our closer if Jordan Romano is unavailable? Um, Eric Swanson. Just based on no prior knowledge, it, I would I'll say Swanson, but I could see Bass too. I think, yeah, I think it's Anthony Bass. See Bass. If it's not, if it's not, uh, yeah, Romano. Um, All right, let's okay. do a couple of other like I'm gonna do some rapid fires for you. Sure. Okay. Cam Biggio, ten home runs. Yes. Over. Okay. Alejandro Kirk, twenty home runs. Under. Danny Jansen, 20 home runs. We're taking over. the over. We are always we are, taking the over. On I'm Danny taking the Jansen. over on 40 home runs this year. Danny Jansen hit 250. Under. I hate you. 
we're enemies now. Um, does anyone on in this lineup hit 300? No. Does anyone on this lineup hit 290? Yes. Okay. Uh, I'll say I'll say two people will hit above 290. Yeah. Vladi and Bo. Yeah. Um, who leads this team in home runs? George Springer. Jesus Christ, has that happened? That I my face would melt. I would love that. He's gonna hit forty. Um, <laughs> <laughs> is that for real? Yes. Is that your? Jesus. Yeah. I think Jesus. Vladdy. I I don't think Vladdy's ever gonna hit like the forty-eight that he hit again two years ago. I, I don't okay, want him to be that player. I want him to be like the the spicy dude who does like 30, 30, 30 doubles, thirty home runs. You know. Here it comes. Here it comes. Yep. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. home run total this year. Thirty-seven. 51. <laughs> Bobachette home run total over 30 or under? 30. I'm just going to say he'll. I'm saying under, 30. but I think that's because he'll hit for more. I think he'll have an insane amount of doubles this year with the new dimensions. He's going to have like 120 RBIs. Yeah, the like man is. I think the man's going to. We're going to have to let him cook man. this year, you know? He is going to cook. As the kids say. Uh, I, I think Bobachette will be the biggest threat to hit 300. Yeah. It'll be very, very, very close. Brandon Belts over under 50 RBIs. Under. Okay, I'm picking the over. I don't think Brandon Belt finishes the season as a Toronto Blue Jay. But interesting, interesting. Th- and okay. it's not because I don't like Brandon Belt, because I do. I just think at 35, coming off of bad injuries, I, I, I'm worried that he's going to get hurt. And I'm not saying nope, like he's fair. made out of glass. I'm just I'm worried for Brandon Belt the person getting hurt. That's a genuine concern. It is, yeah. Um, so Fangraphs is kind of weird here, Patrick. They have Whit Merrifield and Santiago Espinal both projected at 504 plate appearances, uh-huh, and Kevin okay. Biggio only at 196. Yeah. I think they're all going to be right around 400. No. I think Whit Merrifield will have the most. Yes. But I, I don't see Espinal getting 500 because he's not going to start against a lot of righties. But he's, he's going to be. Against every lefty. He's going to start against every lefty, but you maybe say you say you get lefties forty percent of the time, even, which is not it's not quite that much. Um, he's not going to get five hundred plate appearances starting against starting forty percent of the time. Just saying, it's not happening. I think I think Biggio should get at least three hundred. I think two hundred is a low. I if think Kevin Biggio gets 300 PAs. I think you could take 100 off of Espinal, put him down to 400, and put Biggio up to 300. Just the only way that Kevin Biggio has 300 PAs is if Santiago Espinal, Whit Merrifield, and somebody else are injured. Yeah, uh, it depends also if it's if it is Nathan Lucas or Otto Lopez on the bench too, because Otto let's Lopez would take time from. Yeah, let's Biggio. assume that it's it's Otto Lopez. Yeah, fair enough. We, no, I just think 100. I think 200 is really low for Biggio. Who is the team MVP? Bobachet. Who is the Silver Sluggers? Plural. You can okay. be one or more zero. I will give you. I'm just looking at the list. You said here. George Springer's going to have 40 home runs. Yeah. He's obviously Bobachet's going to win Silver Slugger at shortstop this year. Holy shit. Okay. In the American League. All He's right. going to narrowly beat out uh, um, Corey Seeger in, in Texas, I think. Uh, Xander Bogarts isn't in the league anymore. He's always been. Really good at shortstop. I don't think Anthony Volpe will win in his rookie year. I don't think Gunnar mm. Henderson will win it in his first full season. So, um, National League has a bit more depth at shortstop. I think Vladdy will win at first base this year. 
I think Kirky will repeat at catcher. And he's going to hit under 20 home runs. I think, yeah, but you don't have to hit home runs to win Silver Sluggers. No, I know, I know, I know, I know. And I think uh, Matt Chapman will win at third base this year. I'll say the Blue Jays have five Silver Sluggers on their team. Five? Five. I'll take the under on that. I think George Springer will be nominated or like a finalist. Is it yeah. nominated, right? Or like finalist? Yeah. I think Springer will be a finalist. I think Bo will be a finalist. I think Vladdy will be a finalist. I think Kirk will be a finalist. I think Varsho might be a finalist. And I think mm. Chappie will be a finalist. It's a contract year for him. Yep. It's a big year for uh, Chappie. If he, oh, and I just think he'll overperform. Uh, that Fangrass hasn't projected to hit 229. I think but he's going to hit like 250. 31 bombs. No, his average won't be that high, but he, we know he has good. He has a good eye, right? So he doesn't swing a lot. Be a, outside he's going to be a madman this year. I hope uh, so. I love that. He's going to blow people away. Wat Watman. Um. Yeah, I think I think five is a good number as a over under because I mean, I I'm I'm not banking on Varsho getting getting one. But I think I'd say could. five five finalists, Justin. Yes, but, but that's winners, fair. winners. That's fair. I'd say three. Yeah, that's fair. I think yeah, five finalists. But yeah, I think at least three winners. Um, who is who's the Cy Young? <laughs> this is tough. I think it'll. I think Kevin Gosman will get Just the most votes it. this year. Okay. But I think him and Alec Manoa are going to have both very good seasons. I also said I think Kuchi will get down ballot Cy Young votes this year. So. I think all five of the starters on this team are capable of getting sung votes. Are you ready? But the two guys who could win it are Gosman and Manoa. Are you ready for this? Yep. <laughs> My Cy Young finalist, top three in votes, mm -hmm. is Alec Manoa. Okay. Well, I thought I thought you were gonna say Barrios. So that you're gonna get really spicy. Manoa was a finalist no. last year, so. Yeah, and he'll be a finalist again this year. <laughs> okay. And you know who else will be a finalist? Kevin Gossman. Kevin Gooseman, the goose. Yeah, right. no, I, I would love They're, that. The numbers that they've got here on on for his bank rest projections, I think he smokes his ERA. Yeah. Them at three fifty seven, he's gonna smoke that. It's gonna be pathetic. Um, he's gonna get that uh, fucking pitch. The beautiful pitch going, and I just I think he's I think his K's are gonna shoot up. I I, I don't I think I'll take the over on last year's ten point five six, uh, and I think that his he'll I think he'll beat the fifth projection for ERA. Okay. All right, nice. Uh, he'll be a six WAR pitcher. Yeah, Alec Manoa will be very very. A six better. WAR pitcher, that's a lot. Okay. He was 5.7 last year. Alec Manoa last year was 4.1. Last one from Tortoise Farmer here. He says, assuming they are call-up dates for Ricky Tiedemann and Addison Barger. Assuming are that they are. That's just okay. saying. We're not, we're not, we're not going to say that they won't be for this. Okay. He, asks, he says, okay. assuming that they are, okay. call-up dates for Ricky Tiedemann and Addison Barger. You go first for Ricky Tiedemann. For Ricky? Yeah. Assuming he is. September 1st. Interesting. I'll say July 15th. I think we're around the All-Star break. All right. That's, um, spicy. That's spicy. Addison Barger. Assuming he is. It's because someone got injured, so I say early June. Okay. And I'll say I'll say August 10th. 
again. The only I way think. Addison Barger gets on this team is if Otto Lopez, Cavadigio, Merrifield, Espinal, yeah. and Matt Chapman all blow wheels. Yeah, some somebody's got to get hurt for him to come up. Tiedemann's a guy who I think it's like four guys that got to get hurt. Yeah, and I mean even so, like I think Tiedemann's got to be having an incredible season, and Kikuchi's got to be doing really poorly for him to make the team for him to get a call up yeah this year. someone really has to poop their pants yeah uh, or or get hurt before ryu or mitch white are healthy enough to start I yeah think. like if, if there's like a lot four of factors. starters yeah if four starters go down and this team is 10 games below 500 yeah. then yeah maybe, we still but... don't know where ricky's gonna start the year he could very well start at double a again just I, based I on age yeah, I do too. I, I and the only reason being is that he only had a handful of of games at, in Double A. I'd love to see him start there and see if he still has that same consistency as last year. And okay. then yeah, he could, he could be in Buffalo by May if he has like four good starts in April. So here's one. Uh, it, uh, uh who um if any. Well, well, I guess the question is, will there be a twenty game winner on this team? No. Will there be a fifteen game winner on the team? Yes. How many? Two. Okay. Uh, I'm going to disagree with both of those. There will be a 20-game winner, and his name will be Alec Manoa. That'd be great for my fantasy team. And there will be three 15-game winners. Holy one, shit. One who will just miss it, and it'll be Chris Bassett. Oh, yeah, I guess you did say you thought Brios was going to get to 15, so. Yeah, I think he does. I think Gossman does, and I think Manoa. Yeah, uh, I... This is Manoa's year where he gets he gets the crown. For me, I just uh, there's not that many twenty game winners in baseball anymore. Because you don't need it. You don't need it's it. Yeah, and and wins are a old stat. <laughs> yeah. It's it's the team win that matters. I, I always say the quality starts a better metric for a starting pitcher. Can you who, name who the last twenty game winner for the Toronto Blue Jays? The last twenty game winner would have had to be Doc, I'd imagine. Nope. No. I have no idea then. I'm oh, so, Jay Happ. Yeah, oh, damn it. Yeah, I Jay was Hap. so excited. I just, to drop I just thought that. about that. Yeah. 2016, Jay Happ. Yeah, Jay Happ. Oh, my lord, he was good that he year. He had such but a not good year. Godly good. He was just. They, there was so much confidence to keep him out he was, there. To get he the, was so consistent. It was great. That was why. He, he's, he, was, he, he pitched the way that you want to start a pitch, right? Get you deep into a ball game keep you in the game it's Dalek Manoa of last year right every regular season start at least uh at least six innings all right like, trade deadline does yep. this team make a major deal yes I think okay. they will trade for um I'll say for a second baseman middle infielder something like that okay. or an outfielder here's my prediction and I, I love this because I love a good story. Come trade deadline or close to it, they're going to need a starting pitcher. They're going to make a trade with the San Francisco Giants. <laughs> no. <laughs> I know you're going with this. And he's going to kick the, the, the doors of the clubhouse, and it'll be the... Uh, sitcom equivalent of like wild cheering and oh, Ross God, that's Ross Stripling's music. Team. What's he doing here? And then he can opt out again if he's having a great year. <laughs> but I don't think uh, San Francisco does shit this year. Oh, that'd be and so. I think imagine that. That'd be hilarious. It'd be so easy to trade Stripling for value. And yeah. I, 
what better team for him to boomerang back to? <laughs> that would so, be uh, that would be pretty pretty funny if that ended up happening. Like just, I'm calling it now that it will happen. Yeah. <laughs> that I uh, think San Francisco won't have shit, and there won't be any logical reason for them to hold on to Stripling, <laughs> and they'll try to get value, and then the Jays will probably slightly overpay for him to have him back. He'll feather into the rotation. Yeah, as as the sixth man in the rotation, and then this team will just curb stomp their way through. I shouldn't say that curb stomp. That's not good. They'll stomp their way um, to to a hundred wins. There you go. That's the storyline. <laughs> you are no. Now we're a just true being storyteller, silly. my friend. Um... I do think they they trade for a pitcher. Okay, no, that's fair. Uh, yeah, I mean. I want to give you one more here. It's not as spicy as the others, but okay. Kevin Kiermeyer. We we talked about him a lot in our previous episode, just kind of the the health issues. One hundred and twenty games over under. Under. I'm saying the same thing. I I'm I'm worried about the health. He's only sixty three games last year. One hundred and twenty two before that. 49 in the COVID year, 129 the year before that, then 88, 98, 105. Like, not a lot of track record of staying healthy over a full season or even two-thirds of a season. And I think when we were talking about the Silver Slugger thing, I think that's that's what could get Dalton Varsho kind of into the conversation is if he has – if, if, if say, Kiermaier gets hurt, Varsho's definitely playing every day then in center field. Or left field if they want to put Springer there for a day or something, but I think that that extra playing time would help Varsho's numbers get him into that Silver Slugger conversation. Okay. So that's that would be my kind of my path to a Silver Slugger for Dalton Varsho would be him having to play and like being basically forced to play every day because of injury to Kevin Kiermaier. I don't. It's not that I don't think he can do it on his own, but I think that Kiermaier's the Kiermaier's health is the catalyst for that. So. Yeah. Um, what do you think the probability is from zero to one hundred that we see Leo Jimenez get promoted to Buffalo this year? Sixty percent that he does. I think uh, it'll be a bounce back for him. He he had a struggle, a bit of an off year last year. Yeah, but he's think, still uh, projected as our number four prospect. Yeah, he's and he's still just about he's just about twenty two. Another one for me, just uh, throwing it out there. Do you go Wacko for Macko this year? No. <laughs> you think it's just he's just there? I think he was. I think Adam Macko is a very interesting pickup, but I don't know that he has the ton of potential that we think he does. I think he is in high. He's projected to be high. high eight. Eight. He's our seventh ranked prospect. Yeah. You don't see him. I, I I would on the list. Like I mean, I obviously we know Ricky Tiedemann, Brandon Berea, Sam Roberts are ranked higher than him on the pitching side of things. Sam Roberts isn't. According to Fangrass, he's number six. Oh right. Oh, fuck. I read and Brandon yeah. Berea is number three, and he's in. He's only in rookie ball at nineteen years old. Like I, I think Mako's a solid pitcher, but he hasn't shown me enough i love that he's a lefty of course 
I love that he strikes out a ton of guys, but the command is wild at this point. Okay, here is the last question I will ask about minor leaguers. Who has sure. a better season, Adam Klopfenstein or C.J. Van Eyck or Sam Roberts? Uh, well, if the first two guys, I'd say C.J. All okay. three of them, Sam Roberts. Do you think any of them get the AAA call-up this year? No. Maybe Sam Roberts. That would be I my... I I think C.J. Van Eyck is older, and I think that he is more likely to get the call-up. Depends uh, on what but goes it on. on performance. It depends also depends on what goes on at the big league club and how many guys from Buffalo are needed in Toronto. That's true. So. Uh, what are the chances that Toronto trades a top-five prospect? Zero to 100. What percentage? 80. Somebody's going. So between Rick, Ricky Tiedemann... Brandon Berea, uh, Addison Barger, Leo Jimenez, and Sam Robert. Somebody's getting dealt. Yep. That's brutal. That makes me really sad. <laughs> but it's now or never, right? Yeah. I think uh, I think Arelvis could get dealt this year. That it wouldn't surprise me at all. But yeah. wh- what's your expectation for the return? It depends on how he's performing. If if he if he can add some points to the batting average and still have the same power as last year, high. I mean, what did he hit last year? What he hit two oh three, but he had thirty bombs. Jesus Christ, that's low. Yeah, yeah. Just this too many too much strikeout. He's got to cut. He's got to cut a, like five six points off his strikeout percentage, and that would probably raise his average by twenty to thirty points. I I like Orelvis a lot. As do I. I I do believe that when he gets it together, if <laughs> when if he gets it together, he's only 21 years old. Yeah, he's still got lots of runway. He'll be playing double A this year again. He might get the call up if mm. he's smoking 300. He's not gonna hit 300. He's not gonna hit 300. He's not that guy. He's gotta hit. If he he's hit, that kind if, of movie kid. If he can hit the same number of home runs but hit 250. He's going to triple A. Yeah. But he won't. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, that's But fair. he's also only 21, so leave him alone out there. <laughs> if you're looking to criticize Orelvis Martinez, this is not the podcast for you. I've exhausted my minor league stuff. Now, really, it comes down to how many games do the Toronto Blue Jays win? 95. I think Did the Toronto three, Blue five, Jays three. win the division? Yes. Who are the Toronto Blue Jays playing in the divisional best of five? Um, I think they'll Can be. Can I playing... say my answer first? Yes. The Rays. Okay, and I think that the Blue Jays will play whoever comes out of the Central. Yuck. So probably Cleveland. Okay. But maybe Minnesota if they ever get it together. Okay, so. <laughs> Let's live out the scenarios. Uh, in Universe A, Jays versus Rays, best of five. How does it go down? Three nothing Blue Jays. Okay. I say three two for the Blue Jays. In Universe B, where you exist. Three one Blue Jays. I say three nothing. I actually think they stomp Cleveland. I think it's not even close. Okay. Second round, Patrick. Who do they play? So the ALCS? Yeah, probably be, well, probably Houston. Let's be real. 
I think in both universes it's Houston. Yeah. And uh, it's a best of seven. I think it's I think it's a seven game series. Let me take a look at their roster. I think it's a seven game series. The playoff experience uh, of the Astros is phenomenal. Look, I look. I want to preface this by saying I absolutely love this team, the Toronto Blue Jays. They're my team. They always have been. They always will be. Houston thumps them in six. I think it goes to seven, and I, I still think the Blue Jays can win it. No. But it goes to seven. Okay, so in Universe A, they go home after uh, ALCS, a tr- uh, ALCS uh, defeat in six, which I still would consider a successful season. Uh, in your version of the reality, they go to the World Series. Who are they playing? Philadelphia Phillies. Disgusting. Okay. And I think the Phillies win it in six games. That I would be so offended. World Series MVP Bruce Hooper. He comes back. No. From Tommy John surgery. Disgusting. Tommy and John. Because he had yeah he had Tommy John in November. Remember he was playing with a bum elbow all last yeah, year. Yeah yeah yeah. Uh, yeah 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 yeah. He's okay, gonna come yeah. back and and DH mid season. And help okay. carry this team, the Philadelphia Phillies, to a World Series title. I think Trey Turner is going to have a monster year. Okay, in my universe, the World Series final is Houston versus Slam Diego, and Houston wins mm. in five. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I just think, think Houston is the best team in baseball. I, the I I, I, the National League is, is going to be a bloodbath this year. Good. The Braves and the Mets are going to beat their crap out of each other in that division, and the, and the Phillies too, and that, and the NL East, and then AL West. And NL West, I think, like the the Dodgers are still going to be really good. Let's be real, but I think the Padres are going to be good. I think the Diamondbacks will actually finish third in that division this year. No shot. Um, San Francisco is way better than. I don't know about that. At least on paper. <laughs> yeah, the, Houston, the D-backs have a lot of young kids that are going to come up. They're, they're kind of like the Baltimore of the National League right now. Listen they're to the getting, the, getting the lineup though of, of Houston. They got Tucker, Bregman, Alvarez, Abreu. Yeah. And their rotation is still the best in the American okay. League. So you got Framber Valdez, you got Christian Javier, Jose Urquidy, and Luis Garcia. Okay, so last question about the AL East. We didn't really talk about it before, but will will three teams from the division make the playoffs again this year? Will both wildcard teams be American League East? No. I think you're right. The wildcard teams are going to be, uh, as I said, uh, yeah. the Rays, because we have to play them. And the other one is going to be uh, our old friend from the NL West. No, 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 no. S- the Seattle Mariners. Oh, you mean the AL West, yeah. yeah. AL West. Seattle I think, uh, <laughs> just because I want it to happen, I think the Angels make the second wild card spot. Nope. Because I would love to see Mike Trout and Trey Otani in the playoffs. Nope. It's just Angels purely won't. purely selfish. Angels reasons. won't even be 500. Uh, probably not. You're probably right. But I'm, I'm living in a dream world. I, in my universe, Seattle makes the playoffs in the – and they have to play um, Houston. <laughs> well, not probably Houston because Houston would get a bye. So they, no, probably... Houston gets the bye. Yeah. The Jays get the bye, so that uh, Cleveland play. Cleveland would have to play. Uh, we play Cleveland, which means they have to beat Seattle. Yeah. In in my universe, because the Jays sure. play. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So there no, you that go. Makes sense. But that that's... I just think the Mariners are are an annoying as hell team, and. Um, yeah. They're going to do it with pitching. They're not doing it with hitting. Although, don't sleep on Tasker Hernandez batting cleanup for that team. 
Boy, that's, I'm terrified that's going <laughs> to... I'm not worried about it. Anyway, that should probably be it for this one. We've... I think we've done all the predictions. Nearly so your two champion, hours. Your champions are the Phillies. My champions are the Astros. Yeah, Phillies over Blue Jays in the World Series. That would be depressing. I think that the Phillies are just going to turn it up in the playoffs that they did last year. I think they have that. I think they have that team. They might even be like WC two or three in the National League. I don't even think they make the playoffs, man. But whatever. Bold. I think the NL East is going to have three playoff teams. I think that nope. the Dodgers are going to miss the playoffs. I think no. the Padres will win that division, and and the Dodgers won't be the second best team. Or the, or I think the wild card. I think the same teams that made the playoffs last year will, with the exception of the Phillies. I think it'll be the Brew, the Brewers instead. Or no, okay. it'll be the Padres instead, sorry. No, the Padres did make the playoffs last year. They did, yeah. What the fuck am I talking about? The same teams are going to the playoffs in the National League, except the Brew Crew get in and the Phillies will fade. I don't think that's possible. but It will. It'll happen. Anyway. <laughs> you just think Bryce Harper is God. I like Bryce Harper a lot, and I think Trey Turner is really good. So I think that, that might have been the best free agent signing for of any team in terms of immediate impact in their lineup because they needed somebody to kind of take over some of Harper's numbers for part of the season. Who wins the home yeah. run title this year? Uh oh yeah, that's a good one. I'm Pete Alonzo. Polar Bear. Pete Alonzo. Polar I wish Pete. Pete Alonzo played for the Jays. I think he's in um, a I think he's in a contract year here. I think it's his last year of ARB, so I think Vladimir Guerrero Jr. will hit fifty one home runs and he will win the home run title, the home run crown. We we both agree it will not be Aaron Judge, right? So yeah, uh, no, he won't hit six. Oh, sorry, Pete Alonso's not in the contract year. I'm crazy. Uh, who will win MVP in the American League? Shohei Otani. Thank you. Uh, I don't even have to with say. A, with Mike Trout finishing a very close second. No. Mike no. Trout. Vladdy will finish Mike second Trout. again. Mike Trout. Mike Trout. Um, in the National League, who wins MVP? Trey Turner. You just have you're putting all your chips I, in. I I think he's I think he's prime. He. Coming up a really good Turner WBC. Stones. He's a, he's a guy who could be a thirty home run, thirty stolen base guy. He's gonna hit leadoff for that team, I think, and they're gonna hit a lot of home runs with him on base. He's gonna wreak havoc on the base pass. I I don't know. He's a, he's a really good player, and I think that even though he's been appreciated, I think he has been underappreciated in his career. NL MVP. I'm gonna throw this right in your face. It's gonna be Bryce Harper. <laughs> he, that's impossible. He's, he's missing half the year. <laughs> <laughs> Try again. Uh, Try again. Bryce Harper. Try again. Bryce Harper. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, it'll be um, Ross Stripling. <laughs> it'll be Juan Soto. Fair. That's that's a Juan very Soto fair. Juan Soto will hit forty-five home runs. That's a very fair. Uh, and uh, Slam Diego is going to the playoffs, baby. That's a very fair uh, prediction. Who wins um, a Cy Young in the American League? Oh. Kevin Gosman. I'm going to say Alec Manoa um, <laughs> because it continues on our previous discussion. Yeah. Uh, and the National League, who wins the Cy I think uh, I think Sandy Alcantara repeats. He's, I am so going to say Aaron Nola. Okay. I like that pick, too. It's a spi- that's a spicy but like a l- very low-stakes pick. Like it's yeah. very reasonable. Yeah. Um, it certainly won't be Patrick Corbin. Uh, <laughs> oh my god so this this is a this is a contract year for Aaron Nola as well too Patrick so 
well and that at the stars aligned. Yeah, he did throw uh, 200, 205 innings last year, but it was worth 6.3 war, but it was only 11 and 13. Anybody hit the triple crown? No, nobody gets close. Is this Miguel Cabrera's last year? Yes, he is 100% done. Even though he has another contract or another year in his contract that he controls? Yeah, he's going to retire. He, he already said he's going to retire. And I have no reason okay. to doubt that he will be a man of his word. <laughs> is he a first ballot Hall of Famer? Is yes. it relevant now? Yes, 100%. 100%. Like he not like not unanimous, but like no. he will definitely get it on the first ballot. There he should never be another unanimous player except for Mariano Rivera because I just don't think you could argue. Interesting. I think it starts and ends with him. I mean, fuck if Ken Griffey Jr. didn't get unanimous, I I I can't imagine what what it would take. Shohei Otani maybe? Yeah. So just quickly looking at uh, Cabrera's contract because you brought it up. So he has he has vesting options for 2024 and 2025, but they only yeah. vest if he finishes top 10 in MVP voting the year prior. And that's oh, not happening. Oh. <laughs> but he's making $32 million this year to be a negative war player, so congrats. To Is me. this Adam Wainwright's last year? Yes. Will he make the Hall of Fame? Yes. Through the Veterans Committee or by voting? I think he gets in like year eight. Uh, okay, last question for me, period. Uh, is this the year for Billy Wagner on the ballot? Yes. Fuck yeah. That's a great way to end this episode. <laughs> this is like a two-hour episode. It was a two-hour episode, just basically on the nose. So anybody who's still here listening to us ramble on about random predictions, we appreciate you greatly. Um, we will be back, of course, uh, at some point to chat about the opening series. Blue Jays play in four days, Patrick Marsh. So we'll we'll have you covered when uh, when the, when those games are done and the dust settles. We'll come back with uh, our first regular season episode, which is pretty exciting. It's been a, it feels like it's been a while since uh, the ill-fated wild card series, but we're ready to. Uh, <laughs> oh God, we're gonna finish on Nickelback reference. Anyway, check us out on Twitter at BFMD Podcast. The website is bfmdpodcast.com. You can listen to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to share with us what you think about our predictions on Twitter. If you think we're out to lunch, let us know. Thanks to Tortoise Farmer for sending in those uh, questions for us. We love that. If anybody else has anything you wants to discuss throughout the season, we can be reached on Twitter, of course. For Patrick Marshall in Halifax, it's Justin here in Saskatoon, and we'll see you next time.